Shaman Podcast. I am Mark A. Ashford. I am a Usuri Tibetan Reiki Master Teacher under the International Association of Reiki Practitioners. I am a registered teacher and practitioner for the Canadian Reiki Association and I am a Tibetan Shaman. This podcast is one of several media available to help you understand and develop your awareness of energy healing practices, its history and traditions. Some of the other sources are YouTube videos under Reiki and Shamanism, books in full color available on Amazon.ca, online courses, blogs on Reiki and Shamanism. Click the link at the end for more information on our social media and more. So let's get to the subject of this podcast. So this podcast is going to look at the shaman as a healer. This is their principal role within the tribe or the community. They have access to and influence in the world of benevolent and malevolent spirits. To reach out to these spirits, they undertake a soul journey during which they are in an altered state of conscience or trance. The trance is induced during a healing ritual that looks and seeks to divine and understand the cause of a person's illness and gather information from the spirits to allow the shaman to heal the recipient. Mongol shamanism had 99 deities. 55 of these deities were white, i.e. beneficent to mankind. 44 were black, i.e. terribles to all the evildoers of mankind and to the enemies of the Mongol nation. In total, they are the national gods of Mongol shamanism. They were the spirits of ancestors of every clan, the souls of dead chieftains, shamans and shamanesses, who during their life had devoted themselves to satisfying the requirements of the members of their clans, and who in the world of spirits would solve the difficulties in the life of current members of their clans, commoners and nobles, and even serfs. Black shamanism is a kind of shamanism practiced in Mongolia and Siberia. It is specifically opposed to yellow shamanism, which incorporates rituals and traditions from Buddhism. Black shamans are usually perceived as working with evil spirits of the lower and the underworld, while white shamans work with benevolent spirits of the upper world. The banners of both white and black shaman flew in Mongol tribal camps and were each guarded by white and black lord spirits of the clan. Nobles of the clan would escort the banners during ceremonies and feasts. The shaman was also an oracle. Shamans were uh, astrologers, oracles, and everyone, especially tribal leaders, wanted to know what the future would bring. Would it bring war? Will we be successful in the struggle? Will crops and animal husbandry be successful? Will the tribe merge with another through marriage? All questions important to the tribe and to the leadership. The history of the shaman in this world goes back into the very remote past, long before the advent of Buddhism in Tibet in the 7th century. Historically, oracles, divination and astrology were a feature of the Bon religion, the pre-Buddhist religion of Tibet. Bon held the spirit or soul of the individual was in a world or realm of energy which humans are able to contact. For example, humans are able to connect with the physical things such as food, a chair and other people. On the spiritual level, they are able to connect 
at the psychic level with other spirits and those on different levels of existence. When the Buddhist Dharma appeared in Tibet, they were able to include the Bon world view into their own. The Buddhist world exists in three parts, one solid, one psychic, and one mental. The change happened when the famous tantric master Guru Padmasambhava came to Tibet and tamed the subtle world, the deities of the Bonpos, and bound them under oath to obey and defend Buddhist teaching. These deities became protectors of the Buddhist faith and of Buddhist practitioners. They became Cho Sung, protectors of the Dharma. According to Tibetan tradition, he tamed these beings through powerful mantras and spells which bound them to obey those who held the power of the spells. The deities are sentient beings. They are beings just like people or animals and anyone else, but they do not have a physical body. They have a mind and spirit and a voice. Without a body, they cannot communicate with those who communicate on the bodily level, so they are samsaric beings. Samsara is the term for everlasting cycle of being. It is a cycle of being and passing away, or the cycle of rebirths in the Indian religions of Hinduism, Buddhism and Jainism. As such, they are not higher gods, as we would understand the great gods of India or Tibet. They are gods linked to the land, mountains, lakes and to the geographical features. We could in a way say that the mountains and lakes are their bodily aspect. They are the subtle aspect, the speech and mind aspect of mountains, valleys and rivers and lakes, especially mountains and lakes. The shaman provided continuity to the tribe and a reliable connection to the spirit world. In this way they are the communicator from the human physical world to the spirit world and back again. They were an educator of people about the spirit world, as well as about medicines and herbs and natural healing solutions. They kept the tribal stories, myths, essential tribal wisdom. They made the tribe they belonged to different from one another. In this sense, they gave the tribe continuity. They understood and passed down information about their trance states, how to induce them and how to control them. Their clothing, symbolic regalia and objects were passed down to enrich subsequent generations of shaman along with explanations of their use. Shamans were also keepers of tradition. They kept the ancient texts, books and scripts as well as the way things should be done. Songs, dances, music and observance of seasonal cycles were also carried forward from shaman to shaman within the same tribe. Shamans usually have expert knowledge of medical plants native to their area and often prescribe a herbal treatment to a problem that has been brought to them. It is believed shamans learn directly from the plants, harnessing their effects and healing properties after obtaining permission from the indwelling or patron of the spirits. The chieftains and nobles may change, but the shaman remains the same. Another function of the shaman was as protector, to protect individuals from hostile supernatural influences. The shaman may act as psychopomp, conducting the spirits of individuals who have just died to the proper refuge for 
dead spirits. The psychopomp literally means guide of souls. There are creatures, spirits, angels or deities in many religions whose responsibility it is to escort newly deceased souls from earth to the afterlife. In doing this, the shaman does not judge the deceased, simply guides them. Appearing frequently on funerary art, psychopomps have been depicted at different times and in different cultures as anthropomorphic entities, horses, deer, dogs, whippoorwills, ravens, crows, vultures, owls, sparrows and cockatoos. When seen as birds, they are often seen in huge masses, waiting outside the home of the dying. So what's next? Well, click the link in these notes to find out more about our books, our online courses, social media, our Patreon page to support the channel, and more.